Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. You got game? We sure do. Join Alex, Elizabeth, and Katie as they talk all things gaming in the library, both board and tabletop, from Dungeons and Dragons to Dutch Blitz. Stay tuned. All right, we are here today with Katie Gill, Elizabeth Scott, and Alex Brower to discuss gaming in libraries. And guys, I think we all know that libraries are places of solitude and silence. No one should ever have fun or do anything good there. So why gaming? Why gaming in libraries? I could already see Elizabeth's just like face just go like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm fine. It's fine. We're fine. Libraries are not places of silence and solitude. And if your idea of a library is still like, I don't know, that librarian of the music man just shushing people, then welcome to the 21st century, baby. Libraries are a place of the community. They are a place where people can get together and can enjoy each other's company and can serve as a central hub for the community. And part of that serving as a central hub for the community is doing things that the community might be interested in, like hosting a gaming night. I love games. Games, I I have always loved games. And to have them in libraries is just so much fun. Um, Games for little kids and just all the way up to your 99-year-old grandma who wants to play bridge. She does want to play bridge. My, she's not 99 years old, but my choir director for my church choir has a bridge group that meets at the library and plays bridge. So on the off chance you're listening to this, Miss Jeanette, I'm sorry you had to change libraries. <laughs> Maybe she'll just get more people for her bridge group. Bridge Maybe, is yeah. really going to have a moment now. We're, I mean, and I think that having games, when I think about games at the library, it ties into the whole third space idea where it's just a place for people to come and be and people love games i love games i know a puzzle is not a game but we have a puzzle here puzzles totally count as games everybody freaks out everybody loves the puzzle it's so nice to just be able to go and sit down i mean even if you go to a cracker barrel they have some chess for people to play or checkers i never play checkers but i'll play checkers with my sister at the cracker barrel and we have a good time so i think we should state what a third space is just for people who don't know so let me make sure i get it right so the first space is the home Mm -hmm. the second is work Mm -hmm. and then the third is a community space that's built to hang out yeah like where people can come together and congregate like shooting the breeze and hanging out at a barber shop is a third space your church is a third space it, anything can like a, a coffee shop can be a third space like anything where people come and congregate to foster that sense of community can be considered a third space libraries are really good third spaces because you don't have to pay money to be there <laughs> and they're they're great for so many things we've got the games which we're covering now but people have always gone to libraries for programs and to learn how to do other things. And that's one part of the gaming aspect is 
there's so many games that we have that I've never played before. If you want to test a game, a library is a perfect spot. Are there any that are really popular that you've really seen a lot of buzz about at libraries? I've done board game nights at multiple libraries, and my nemesis, the game that I absolutely hate, Settlers of Catan, is very popular at libraries. And this is a me thing. I know a lot of people really love Catan because you can build up your world and like do your agriculture and all those sorts of things. And all the Catan bros are going to come at me in the comments because I'm describing the game wrong, but I don't like it. But a lot of people do like it. <laughs> Isn't it kind of long though? Yeah, that's another thing. I have no patience. <laughs> So I, we play some long games at home, and I do think you'd never be able to play Twilight Imperium at the library. Because that one's like 12 hours. It, it takes too long. Alex is looking at this like, why would someone willingly sit down and That's, play a 12-hour game? <laughs> I just don't know. I have So I, we mostly play something like Phase 10, like at our mm-hmm. house, or Uno, or something like that, which Phase 10 can go on for a long time. And I have tried to play some longer and more involved, like, board games and stuff. I could not remember the rules. I do not. The people who can remember all that stuff, like people who play D&D, and they can remember all the different things about their characters, I am in awe of you. I cannot remember the color in Uno. It's just, (laughs) they get so involved. It's crazy how, like, detailed. I mean, it's great and it's cool. But it's just, it just seems like there's so much. With my previous board game group at the library that I used to go to before COVID happened and everything got a little weird, it was really good because it was just a two-hour session. And so you could have people who wanted to play those longer games, like obviously not Twilight Imperium levels of long, but you could also have people who wanted to play a lot of quick short games, like We would play 10 rounds of Uno or 10 rounds of Dutch Blitz and then absolutely hate everyone else at the end of that. But it's not the sort of, you're not pigeonholed into one two hour long board game. I am intrigued by this Dutch Blitz. I don't know what you are talking about. (laughs) And you say it like I should know. It's a really, it's a really fun card game. It's kind of like if Spoons and Phase 10 or Uno had a baby because you have like four stacks of cards out and your goal is you want to get rid of all of your cards by matching the color and the number in sequential order for how, for like the cards of the stack. So it's a lot of quickly putting out cards, a lot of, oh, someone else put the card out. You try and put your card on top of the other player's cards. Lots of hands accidentally getting slapped. Um, our coworker, I'm gonna throw her under the bus, Mary Rogers. We used to go to the same board game group, and she was she was terrifying at Dutch Blitz. <laughs> <laughs> she she didn't hold back when it comes to games. She is also terrifying at Uno. So I'd love a good quick game though, like Dixit, the one that has the it's a game that has pictures like pretty pictures, like a little scene, and then you say a word or a phrase or something and everyone has to vote on what they think the original person's card is. Like, oh, this is obviously Alice in Wonderland or whatever. 
or um, Suro. Have you played Suro? I haven't. I don't know that one. It's a whole bunch of tiles, and they all have a little pattern on them, um, like a little rope. And so you have to connect up the ropes. And so you put one tile down, and your piece moves forward. And so you just spend the board game putting down tiles and trying not to go off the board but making the other people go off mm-hmm. and it takes 15 minutes to play maybe how fast does it spin is it are you spinning it like a wheel like wheel there's, of fortune there's or no you, spinning oh i thought you said you spun the board no no you you put down the tiles yeah. and then you move forward and you try to make your other competitors go off the board we should come up with a game now. We need to, we need to find a game that involves board spinning. I was spinning. like, oh my gosh, you spin because my no great spinning. my grandmother has a very fancy. What is that? Like lazy, lazy Susan? Susan? Sort of, but it's a board game on it. It has a Scrabble board that's on a Lazy Susan. Oh, so nice. I was like, oh my god, how fast do you get to spin this to keep your tiles from going off the board? I thought you meant literally. <laughs> Never that mind. Like I don't know anything about mouse these. trap or something <laughs> like that. It was very cool in my head. I'm sure it's still just as cool, but there um, was an element of danger. No, I don't know. There, there is no danger involved. <laughs> we'll, we'll Frankenstein that game together yes, with like yes, your grandma's I spinny scrabble board. I'm so excited. I will bring that from home. But yeah, a good thing about board game groups at libraries, like we're mentioning all these board games and all these things. Like once you get and established board game group at the library or once you've been doing this long enough that people know that a board game group exists they'll bring their own games like for the previous group I was in we would have a couple of people who were regulars who would bring like a game that they wanted to play every week and like yes the library itself had some board games but if you wanted to play a new board game or you wanted to you were tired of all these dude board games and wanted to make someone play your girly Jane Austen card game, then you can bring it and have people play the girly Jane Austen card game for a week. So do you have to have a group in order to play games at the library? How can libraries start up a game night or how do people get involved in this? Well, I think, well, MLC, if you want to start up a game night, we at MLC have some board games and kits that public libraries can check out if they want to start up a board game night. (laughs) But if you are just some rando who wants to do a board game night at your local library, like mention it to your librarian or see if they can get something started up there or just like see if you can book the meeting room for a board game night. Like the bridge group that my choir director is in They were an independent bridge group that was not associated with the library, but they booked the meeting room. And so on the library's calendar, it would say bridge group meeting here noon on a Wednesday or whatever. So you still have people learning about your board game night, learning about these groups that way. I know Union County started a chess club. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know several library systems, but I can't think off the top of my head who they are, but they have regular board game nights. Yeah, I think I think I think Richland is still doing it, their Madison regular board County. game Madison County. And then my favorite new thing that has appeared on the library gaming horizon 
D&D &D night. D&D <laughs> &D night at the library. Yay. So, Elizabeth, do what? you play D&D? &D? Maybe, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. She says that like we're not in the same D&D &D campaign. <laughs> as, someone, as someone who knows next to nothing about D&D, &D, I would love for you to tell me in broad strokes. Because I know, I know there, one thing I know about D&D &D is that's very detailed. What is D&D? &D? So D&D &D is Dungeons and Dragons. D&D &D is one of the many tabletop role-playing games that are out there for people to play. So they have very short ones, one-page TTRPGs that are free that are out there. Um, and then they have these more complicated ones like... World of Darkness or Dungeons and Dragons. And Dungeons and Dragons is kind of like the face of the genre because it's it's the one on Stranger Things. It's the one that you have maybe have heard of. It's putting on your robe and wizard hat and going to fight the Balrog and things like that. It's it's the one that we're in the eighties when I was growing up <laughs> everyone thought that it was satanic. And people, they made terrible Tom Hanks movies about the fact that they thought it was satanic. I mean, I, I was in Washington State, and there were people that actually literally thought that the Satanists were coming to get people, come get us high school kids with their, their awful D&D. &D. And so, I mean, my parents would have never let me play, ever. We also learned about that on Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Stranger Things, but I stopped watching after season two because you got really boring. I agree to disagree. The last now season's pretty good. Yes. Yeah. It's very good. I, 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 have, I have my gripes with the last season of Stranger Things, but they're personal stupid Katie gripes. So, What season are they on now? They just finished four. And there are some movies or another season or something. Yeah, I think out. they're going to yeah. wrap. I think they're going to wrap it all up with five because yeah. those Supposedly. kids are not teenagers anymore. <laughs> they do not look like teenagers anymore. They're going to be forty-six, and they're going to be like, "Look at this teenager! Look at this high school person! Don't look at her crow's feet, but look at this high school person!" You was... know what? You can explain that easily by they just they got sucked into some sort of time vortex. And yeah. you say that, but that they made the very like twenty-two-year-old Millie Bobby Brown play like eight-year-old Eleven in a flashback in season four. No, it did they not did not work. One hundred percent did. Shame. She, on there's them. this grown woman hanging out with all these other children in the mental lab, and it is hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty good. I want to watch. It's pretty that. good. Well, I watch that. But the thing I love about D and D and these other. TTRPGs. Circling away from Stranger Things. <laughs> I did it so deftly, too. You did it so deftly. Um, is that it's a group of people that together you're, you're making your story. You have your outline from your DM. Dungeon your Master. Dungeon Master. I Alex. knew what DM meant. <laughs> I was talking to my significant other the other day, and I told him I was going to be doing this, and he started trying to, like, trip me up. He kept asking me <laughs> trick questions. I didn't know any of them. He did. Like, he succeeded. But still... <laughs> It was stuff like that. Like, what is a DM? What is a something else? I don't see. I don't even remember the phrases 
that he used. It sounds really fun. Like when he talks about it and when you guys talk about it, y'all seem so excited and so into it. And we have planned on doing a one sheet. Is that the correct yes. term? We talked, we've talked about doing that before, but it just hasn't come together. But it seems like a lot of fun, but can also be a little intimidating. Right. You know, if you haven't done it before, at least my perception of it is that it's very complicated. But I'm hearing that it's maybe a little more accessible than it seems. Like you can, once you get started, you kind of get the hang of it. Well, and my, and my personal hill to die on for tabletop role play games is that like, it's not all D&D. Yeah. Like there are some other ones that are just as fun, just as silly that you only need like one dice instead of 10 dice. I've actually run a couple of tabletop games for a library system that I would go, went to as a patron. They would have tabletop nights. And I would run these little one-page games where you only need like one die and you only have to keep track of one thing. But there's a very cute one called Honey Heist where you're bears and you're on a thieving mission. And that so... sounds so it's Cute. Ocean's Eleven, but bears, and you're a different, everyone's a different type of bear, and everyone has a different Ocean Eleven's role, and it's your job to go do the mission. And can you be a fat bear, you, like Fat Bear Week? You would 100%, I would love to be a fat bear. You, can, you would 100% be a fat bear. You could be oh. like the fat bear who's like the getaway driver. That sounds amazing now i need to play that now i need to play that game <laughs> i know we could do honey heist one day we like. absolutely should do honey heist one day i will happily run it oh is there a group here at mlc that, there is or a group can we get games here or something is that what you guys i'm hearing from you guys yes there is there is so at mlc we've got kits that libraries can check out but the good thing about that is we have to play test the kits and try out the kits before the libraries can check them out to make sure everything works properly, which is how you get like one afternoon where we have the giant Connect Four set up on the lawn. So I do know that we had that day where we were all outside and we had the giant Connect Four, we had giant checkers. It was a giant game day outside. It was so fun. We had such a good time. People are unexpectedly competitive. But yeah, one of our, one of the kits at Mississippi Library Commission we have is basically like a D&D for beginners kit where we've got a starter guide and a some dice and a map and things like that, which is all tailored to you are learning how to play D&D for the first time. Here is everything made much more simple and without a big scary roll book. It's Minds of Fandelver. For those of you who know about what the Minds of Fandelver are. Is that yeah. the name of the that, game that or is, is that the name, name of, the of the campaign? That's the name of the campaign. Look at you. Are, aren't you impressed yes. with me knowing stuff? I know things. Josh made me go through the D&D book and pick my character one day. He was like, look at this. Go through all of these and pick one. And I think I picked a dragon lady. And do I remember what they are called? No, I do not. But she was a dragon. Dragonborn? Maybe so. I think so. I, if that's the dragon, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was really cool. I like D&D. I know there's a lot of other systems out there. I like D&D because probably it's the first one that I learned how to play. Mm -hmm. And I like all the variations that you can that you can try. You know, you can be a dragon person. You can be a lizard person. You can be a this or a that. And then all the special abilities that you get, I think, are a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I, I am in multiple D&D campaigns at the moment, so I cannot fully rag on D&D, but I am also that unbearable hipster who's just like, it's not a one-size-fits-all tool! Stop trying to make D&D work for your laser sci-fi setting! <laughs> There's no skill for gun! But there is. There is, Katie. <laughs> No skill for sci-fi laser gun. (laughs) Okay, not sci-fi laser gun, but you could make it. It's limited only by your imagination and and your group's imagination and what your DM will let you do. Can I do this? No? Are you sure? Okay. And also how much time you have. (laughs) And also how much time you have. However, just I personally, we've played a lot of games that have campaigns that have gone on for a couple of years so you know if you have that at the library where you have your regular group who's coming in every other week or once a month and they play for a couple of hours that can be a great way for people to come together and work together work on your social skills yeah we had a regular campaign at the library that I was at that we went for about a year and a half before COVID killed it. And thanks, COVID. Thanks a lot, COVID. It's taken so much from us. It really has. It's taken so much, especially that campaign. Especially that campaign. But Katie and I loved playing the TTRPGs so much that one day we were talking and, and thought, you know, there are libraries who are doing this in Mississippi. Wouldn't it be great if we could expand it so that libraries that don't have experience with this can also share this with their communities? So we got Fandelver, which is a really basic D&D starter kit, and we're playing it here at the at MLC. We play once a month for a couple of hours, um, not on work time. And we're kind of testing it out to see what we think libraries, if I had never played this before and I opened up this book, would I be able to direct a small group of people and get them through an hour or two of play? Yeah, and also just with us going through and testing things, it's also like, okay, this thing was not explained very well. We should make a note about this. Okay, it might be a good idea to photocopy this map because you're going to get tired of describing the same Hamlet for like the fifth time. (laughs) Things like that. And the hope is that once we've gone through that we can make this available with maybe um, a few forms online that people can go to on say a Google Drive and then they check it out from us the kit and they can consult the google drive like google doc the google doc about like hey here are some tips for how to dm if you've never done it before hey don't be scared about this your players don't know what's going on either xyz blah 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 (laughs) i think it'd even be fun if we could have a small training session oh my gosh yes like a campaign before the campaign where people come in capes optional and learn how to do it that would be really fun i think it would be a lot of fun and and worthwhile because Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people especially in our smaller libraries with people who don't necessarily know how to play that 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 would get the game out there Mm -hmm. to them we could do it with other board games too 
the Uno, the Uno primer. Get ready, guys. God, the Uno, the Uno primer would just be like decide on your rules in advance, otherwise blood will be drawn. <laughs> Our house chooses to lose a lot of the instruction manuals that come with games. We're like, that's not how it says in the rules that I remember, and you don't. Actual Uno is really boring, but we have we have fun games. We have Ticket to Ride which is one of my favorite games. It involves trains. Ooh, a train board game. <laughs> the, co- the two coolest subgenres have made a baby. Oh, they like out. train people and game people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wear a little hat? <laughs> it deserves it. <laughs> Don't mock tickets. I am not mocking it. I'm just wondering how these people found each other. It just seems like they're very introverted and they look they made a game. Ticket to Ride has won multiple awards. <laughs> That's not helping your case. Why did you just squeal? That's not helping your case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to cough while I'm laughing. The selective board game committee has chosen Ticket to Ride as the best game with the bluest hat that you can play. And it's like, I know it is very easy to dunk on board games. I say as someone who is dunking on board games myself and happily dunks on board games. But the good thing about board games is that it's such a wide variety that You've got all sorts of games to cater to all people. Yes. You've got the train game. You've got the Jane Austen card game. You've got drawing games and word games. I Hold was up. just picking about the train game. Hold I up. truly believe it would be a good time. I just thought it was funny that like... It's trains. You don't, but I'll change my mind. There's a... Uh, change my mind. I'll change your mind. There's another train game out there. That's a lot of fun. Do you know? I, I can't remember who puts it out. Is it the Exploding Kitten People? It's a train game. And you know the thought experiment with, you know, should you pull the lever and make it go north or south? You know, kill this one thing or kill this other thing? So this is sort of like... Trolley Problem. That's the name of that thing. Mm-hmm. Is that what yes. it's called? Yeah, yeah. The you, thought experiment. You kill like one person or, or like five. five people. Right. So this game has it sort of set up like apples to apples where you pull cards and you get to say, oh, here's, you know, a wizard wearing a fishing bowl on his head. So you pull that out, and then someone else has on their track the other things. And then at the end of it, people vote and decide which one gets... Which one's getting run over by the train. I take back my train game stuff. I take it back. That sounds really fun and a really good game to play. It's excellent. I would have a good time. And it's low stakes. Yeah. There's no real wizard, fortunately. (laughs) And no real wizard yet. There could be. (laughs) (laughs) Look, they could be at the D&D game. And, you know. I'm playing my very first wizard. I am so excited. We just started last week. We've got another session on Monday. Does he have a great name? I know usually part of it, part of the fun is the name. Does he have a good wizard name? Would would you like to hear her? I would love. I am on tenterhooks. So her name is Daffodisa Arata Naningle Fiddle Diggles. But 
That is such a good wizard That's name. a good name. But you can call her Daff or Daffy or Daffodice or well, Big D. We're not or... close yet. You know, I want to be I want to be formal until we've met, until we've gotten to that level. Mm. But that is an amazing name. It took me a while to find all the names. I wanted to add more, but I'm having trouble remem- remembering <laughs> those four as it is, so... My paladin that I'm playing in the main campaign, he just has a first name and last name, baby. It's easy to remember. Is it John Nichols? Uh, Like, what is it? Sir Elias Bennington. Oh, much better than John Nichols. Much better than John Nichols. Sorry, any John Nichols are listening to the podcast. No, I just, I love when there's like a really, like a fancy cat with a regular person name. Yes. So a paladin with like a regular, like, oh, this is Mr. Jim Business or some regular name. Uh, that's, I would. That's gonna be my next D and D character it, name, Jim Business. Uh, it, I cannot claim it. I did steal it from Bob's Burgers. It's the name of her cat, which I also love. That just—it's a cat named Jim Business. Mm-hmm. He's just a cat. I just love when cats have human names, especially regular human names like Gil or something. Like just you know, like I what love Gil, Gail, Gail, Gail. Gil. <laughs> Just like regular, like standard human names. Both of my cats have old-timey human names. They're so good. <laughs> it's an excellent naming technique. Also food. Muffin, pancake, all of those. So guys, is there anything else we need to cover about board games and libraries? Have we gone Have we gone through our campaign and done all the things? I don't know any other words. <laughs> <laughs> have we hit all the mile, milestones? Have we yeah. hit all the things? Just... So if you if you do want to contact us about games, you should contact Charlie Simpkins. He's our guru here for all things not books that we check out. Um, and you can check the show notes for his contact information. I just wanted to add that games in your library are very much a thing now you should go to your public library and explore ask them if they have games if they will be willing to bring games in there's a big world out there there's a big gaming world out there do i sound nerdy now um (laughs) just a touch but it is exactly the right amount and this this whole podcast is just getting progressively more and more nerdy but in a good way in a very good way and my my two cents to chime in as we wrap stuff up is just like if you are it is a-okay if your board game night at your library is just like we're just starting off with scrabble or we're just starting off with life don't start off with a monopoly because that's how people hate each other oh, no. no one would return no you no would, one it'd be would be a one shot one night <laughs> if you get your board game night and promote your board game night then the people who have experience playing a lot of board games will come to the board game night, even if you yourself don't have that much experience playing board games, and they will explain the rules of the board game, and you will learn all sorts of fun new board games that you could then make people buy you for Christmas. <laughs> the bet, Look, people are always looking for what to buy other adults for Christmas, so if you know... You're really doing your family. Right? I have. I'm so mad that COVID killed our uh, the board game group I was in because I got I had got like two Christmases and two birthdays in a row just buying board games for my mom, and now I have to think of something to get her for Christmas that's not just a board game we've already played. We'll have to play through some up here we with will. our MLC board game group. 
Potentially. You could get her some new board games. I could get her or some a new puzzle. Board game. Or if a puzzle. If we know, and if we've learned anything from having a puzzle out here, is that people love puzzles. So it's always a pretty safe bet. I'm going to get us a circular puzzle. Ooh. We're really mixing it up. Very There's all sorts excited. of shapes now. Yeah, the one we've got out now is like butterfly shaped. I think it's a swan. It's a oh, giant swan. swan. Whatever. Swans, was, butterflies. It, in my head, the swan shape was more like a tri- like the neck with the body. And this one is like a swan like that laid down and had its arms out. And I am doing the, the, the motion. <laughs> this is a visual it's like medium. A it's like when you see ostriches that are like waving their arms around. It's like that, but with a swan. <laughs> That's exactly how it is. Thank you. <laughs> it's a giant swan and there are tiny little swans at one place on it, which is really amusing <laughs> to me. Is that the sound swans make? Well, that's the inception sound. <laughs> that's the sound that they make when they need to go deeper. I just like I just like to all put of two my words references so like are if from there like twenty ten. I just like to say a word in an inception. I like to merge that. I don't have. I don't remember. I think swans like honk or something like that for their noises. They actually make. they are much bigger than you think. When They're I went to London, they are ginormous. Yeah. They were like laying on the side of this lake or whatever. They are huge. Like, if I laid down and curled in a ball, I would be the same size as a swan, I think. Yeah. They're big. I had to. Big. Like, my old my old doctor's area, his office, was you drove past this lovely lake with all the swans. And if the swan's sitting in the middle of the road, it's just like, you're going to be late to the doctors because I'm not getting out of my car and dealing with that thing. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. They're big and scary. They're scary. So, I don't know how to end this. <laughs> Go go get, go start a board game group at Let's your local library. Go, go start a board game group. Get some friends together or just show up if there's a group already happening. You'll find some like-minded people. You'll have a good time. Play some games, try some different stuff, and check out some board games from MLC. If you need some more supplies for your library and you're not sure if this is right for you, check out our collections. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm going to thank myself. Thank you, Alex, thank for you, being Alex. here today. Oh, you guys are too kind for that <laughs> unsolicited thank you. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. I don't know. Do I, is there like a tag? It, baby. <laughs> There's not like Board any. game, baby. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.